Unshakable faith. You ready? I am so excited to be in the Word with you today. We're going to be in Hebrews 11. In fact, the next four weeks, we're going to be in the entire chapter of Hebrews 11. So we just want to make a mark there. We'll get there in just a second. I just wanted to mention a couple of quick things. It's really, really, really exciting to me that this church has always been uh, an outreach to the community. We just, we want to love our community. We want people to know that we love them. We're here for them, whatever's going on in life. And most of all, the life-changing message of Jesus Christ is for everyone. And so there are certain touch points in the life of the year in regards to, you know, church life and what we're doing here to always focus our attention on the Lord. And one of those, uh, you know, every year we do this special thing called Fall Fest. And it's basically a Sunday, next Sunday, right after both services, Carnival, games, food, we just, we, we want to connect with as many people as possible. Sometimes people will come to a church gathering, something like this, um, for their kids, and we just want you to be easily accessible with everything that we have. So there's a stack of these on your way out, and I just want to encourage you to maybe take one or two or five or ten or twenty, and just, Lord, who would you have me give this to this week and say, hey, I'd really like for you to come and visit Mission Vale Christian Church. And so um, I just want to put that before you and just let's just pack this place with people because God loves everybody, right? And he wants everybody to have opportunity. I know with, you know, in the recent two years, all the challenges that we have, a lot of people are just disconnected from community, from church life. And we want people who love the Lord just to get reconnected again. And sometimes these things help somebody get the foot in the door. Amen. So you can do that. Fall Fest is next week. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to have as many snow cones as possible. Uh, today we're starting a new series called Unshakable Faith. And today, um, I, I just want you to know it's in my heart that we always are led by the Spirit and led by the Word of God. And so um, in December, I'm starting a series, the entire book of Luke, we're going to go through that together and I've just found the more the more that I read the Bible and study God's word and interact and it's, it's, it's so much knowledge in there, so much stuff. I mean, when you read a chapter of the word, all of a sudden, when you read it again, there's something else that God shows you. It's amazing. But what's even more exciting is when we make the choice to step out in faith and do what God has called us to do. God invites us to participate with him. But if we just sit back and just kind of take it easy and wait for something to happen, opportunities will pass us by and we will miss opportunities to interact with this living, breathing, active God. Because I believe that Christianity is living, breathing, and active. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's alive. He's in this room. He's in your heart if you've received Christ and he awaits for us to to interact with him and what he's called us to do. I want to talk these next four weeks about moving the needle over just a little bit wherever you are with faith in Jesus Christ. You may be here today and maybe just kind of, I just need to get back to faith again. My prayer and hope is that the needle will move over just a little bit more for you about really having an active faith and putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You may have been walking with the Lord a really long time, but just circumstances are so that just we feel like things have just kind of gotten a little stale. I mean, I can't remember if you were to ask me, Mike, the last time I've really sensed and asked God to move and he did something amazing. And I, I, I hope and pray these next weeks that we just move closer to an unshakable, immovable faith in God no matter what happens out there. Nothing's changing in here. Amen. I want to introduce you to somebody uh, that you might know, some of you may not know, and his name is Jim Dugan. 
Jim, could you stand for a second? I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I just want people to see a real-life person um, that I want to talk about just for a minute. And Jim will be the first one to say, this is not about him. I just want to share with you what God has done through him to motivate us as we look at the scripture that God wants to use us. Jim came to me about 10 years ago and said, you know what, Mike, we we need to do something about children. We need to do something because James tells us, the book of James says true religion, true Christianity is looking out for orphans and widows. We got to take care of kids. So I said, Jim, what's God put on your heart? I said, I don't know, man. It's just Haiti. Haiti is just a a, a place that has all kinds of challenges and issues and the, the, the poverty, it's just, it shouldn't be happening that kids are lost in Haiti. So we got connected with an orphanage there that we were going once a year to Haiti to actually not just, you know, send some money, but we were going there with teams every year to help the children and orphanages in Haiti. And then he said, um, a few years later after that, we were going. Um, some of you might remember that we had a team that was there, the earthquake, the real bad earthquake that was uh, hit Haiti, and we were actually stuck there for a week, couldn't get our people out. It was a time of faith, praying, and we sent resources, and it was just an amazing time of seeing God work. Then a few years later, Jim comes to me and says, you know what, Mike, I think we need to do something about the kids here in South County. So they, he says, oh, I don't know, Jim, what do you, what, what's God put on your heart now? Is it certain people like you just, what's God doing now? And, and Jim's one of these guys, so he said, you know, I think we need to collect food, and we need to send it to pe- places where kids are dying of starvation. So I said, well, how much is it going to cost? I said, I, I, I don't know, man. And they said, well, how many people do we need? Oh, we probably need about 50 people. I said, okay, let's just step out of faith and do it. Every single thing that we've been able to do here for children has been through the work of Jesus Christ. And it took one person to say, I choose to step into what you, God, are asking me to do. It's not a passive faith. It's an active faith. In fact, the book of James tells us faith without works is dead. Don't tell me how much you know about Jesus. Don't tell me how many times you've been baptized. Don't tell me how many times you've been in church. All those all the things are good. Talk to me about what God is doing through your active faith. God is waiting for us to be active with him. I really think the Holy Spirit oftentimes is waiting on us. He's done the work. He set the table. He set everything that we need. And he's just asking us, hey, step in in faith and watch me do something amazing. So about five years after that, Jim comes to me again. He says, "Uh, Mike, I think we need to do something about kids here on the south side of of California in San Diego. I said, what? He said, well, there's kids that are neglected in homes and they're abused and all these problems. And then the foster care organization comes in and rescues these kids. And then when they're, when they're in foster care, Royal Family Kids Camp, which I've been looking online and I found this ministry organization that they actually give opportunity for children who are in foster care, who are just scared and neglected and their whole life has been changed. And there are loving Christian parents who are loving them and bringing them a sense of family for a season of life. Royal Family Kids organization takes that child and pays for their entire week of camp down in San Diego. So there's like 150 kids that we get to minister to all week long. We get to serve them, play with them, go swimming with them, play games. And most of all, we get to give God to these kids. He said, well, how much is it going to cost? Oh, it's not much. It's about 50 grand. And we need how many people we need? Is it about 50 people? Okay, let's do it. So weeks later, all of a sudden, there are 50 plus people from Missionville Christian Church and Mission Hills Church just right over the road here. We've coupled together 
And, 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 and so Jim led the way on that. Now Dave Rolletter is a part of his ministry team. And so they are co-leading now. We're all family kids camp that are helping children to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the kids are experiencing God because they're seeing adults who love them. For an entire week. Are you asking me to give an entire week? Are you asking me to give up an entire week's pay? Are you, I, I, you don't know what I have to do to remove or move my schedule around. Hey, if God's calling you to do it, he's asking you to step out in faith and do it. Watch me work. I dare you to step out and choose. What is the word today? What is God speaking? What did God give me out of Hebrews 11? The word today is choose. What are you going to do? Let me tell you about Kevin. Kevin was eight years old. The abusive uh, circumstance in his home, I, I couldn't believe it as I heard the story. He literally was locked in a closet for days by his so-called parents. Food and water neglect. When the authorities found out about this, they, thank God, they quickly removed Kevin from the home and a foster care family took them in and loved them and brought them into their family until he could be placed in an adoption situation. Royal Family Kids Camp connected with the foster care system. I got to see with my own eyes Kevin and hear his story about how Kevin experienced fun for the first time and God and the best message of all is Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again. And little Kevin gave his life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because there were some people for Royal Family Kids Camp and Missionville Christian Church and Mission Hills that said, we'll hear the call, we will step out in faith and we'll do what God said to do. We're not just going to talk about it. We're not going to theorize it. We're going to get involved in what God is doing. So I want to introduce to you two more t people, Larry and Tina from Royal Family Kids Camp. They are on the ministry leadership of Royal Family Kids Camp. Can I just say, Larry, thank you so much for your service. It has been a blessing to partner with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim, for stepping out in faith and doing it. I know, bro, it's all about God. I know. I love your heart. And thank you, Dave, for stepping in now and co-leading Royal Family Kids Camp. Awesome. So, there is a lunch right after service today that's located in our youth department in the upper landing. It's a one-hour lunch. It's informational. If you go, you don't have to sign your life away. Hey, I'm just going to check this out. It might be something that God is calling us to do. I want to ask you to attend that gathering. It's CPK lunch. That's all I'm going to say. All right? You ready? Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. This chapter 11 is about faith. It's about those who heard what God said for them to do and they did it. One of the amazing things about Hebrews chapter 11, it's going to have a list of names. These are what we call the, the heroes of the faith. This is the hall of faith. You heard of the hall of fame? This is the hall of faith. These people, every single one of them were not perfect. They didn't have it all together. They didn't have all their ducks in a row. They didn't struggle with sin they didn't they didn't it wasn't that they did not struggle with the worldliness and all they just heard God's call they stepped into faith and said yes God use me and God did something amazing men and women in the entire chapter 11 of Hebrews that are examples for us today we're going to look at a guy named Moses most of you know who Moses was incredible follower of God and one who was willing to step out and choose if if, if Jim didn't choose to step out in faith. If, if Larry and Tina didn't choose to give up their vocation and serve children, they never would have known how big, how impossible God is. He's amazing. Give me a believer with faith. 
Give me a church with faith. Give me a life group with faith. Give me a husband, a wife with faith who are willing to say, God, we trust you at any cost. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is not necessarily looking for everything to be right and then we'll serve him. He just looks for somebody that says, God, I love you. I'm not perfect. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for hanging on the cross for me and you've risen again and I believe that so much so that I'm giving my entire devoted life to you, God, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. And God takes a person like that and he uses them to help a lost and dying world. Look, either we're gonna take seriously the words of Jesus when he said, I have come to save the entire world. He, God is on a mission, in Mission Viejo, to save the entire human race, the 198,000 people that live in this city and other cities surrounding. It is so serious that we take him seriously. That life is not just about a job, school, family, retire, grandkids, and die. It's so much more than that. It's about connecting with God and living a life of faith that is beyond the boundaries that we could ever imagine. Now, the person who wrote this book of Hebrews, we really don't know the author, but we do know a few things. We do know that it was written before 70 AD, that's 70 years after Jesus had already uh, ascended into heaven. So that means that Jerusalem and the temple where the people of God, the Jewish people would go in to worship into that temple place. That was still standing. People would go in and honor God with their offerings. They would go in and offer uh, these sacrifices to God. They would read the law. They would read the Torah. They would remember the traditions passed down by their forefathers about how important it is that God is at the center place of our family and that God is the centerpiece of Jerusalem. They were doing those things. There was a church there that started in Rome, and so the, this book was written to the believers there about hang in there, stay in faith. The reason is because God knew that 70 AD was going to happen and that the Romans were going to come in and ransack the city of Jerusalem, take down the temple, and destroy all these artifacts and places where they would come to worship God. And the first five books of the Old Testament, the Torah, those things were going to be desecrated, some of them, and the people would even, some of them would even die at the hands of the Romans. So God knew that difficult times were coming, and that's why he said, by faith, Noah, by by faith, Moses. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Elijah. Are you, are you with me? It, it is important that we live, know we live in the last days. Uh, are you still with me? Everything we are experiencing in the last two years, number one, does not take God by surprise. And it certainly is in the word. It is being a setup for a one world order Remember we studied this last year in Thessalonians? There is an antichrist who will come, who will appear to have solved all the world's problems. And we are his people. That doesn't mean that we panic. It doesn't mean that we worry. It doesn't mean that we freak out because everyone else is freaking out over there. We understand. And God, our faith is in you alone. And therefore, I will trust you to do what you've asked me, God, to do. That was Moses. Moses was listed in the hall of faith. Now I want us to read the text here. We're going to go verse by verse here, 23 through 28. So if you have your smartphones, you can pull it up. If you have your Bibles. By the way, if you are 
a Christ follower, I want to encourage you, bring the word with you when you come to services because that is our GPS. That is our sword. That is our weapon against the devil. It's beautiful now that we have them on the cell phones, but there's nothing wrong with having pages of the Bible. I still have mine. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because he saw he was no ordinary. They saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. We'll talk about that in just a second. So by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward. In verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. That's Hebrews 23 through 28. Let's just, let's just pick this apart a little bit. I wanna get back to this text and just make reference. I hope you noticed in there that by faith, Moses chose, Moses decided, he decided, he chose. Did you notice there was a pattern for different decisions that Moses had to make? Faith is not magic. Faith is not reserved for certain kinds of people. Faith is not reserved for just, well, certain spiritual people. Faith, strong, unmovable, unshakable faith is available to anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ at whatever level. It requires a decision. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, I'm just waiting for something to happen. I'll just keep praying about it. You can pray till you're thin as a broomstick, dude. You can fast as long as you want. I just believe that when God says it, we do it. We just, we just jump in and we do it. We choose. Yes, Lord, I'm all in. I'm reminded in Deuteronomy 13.9, as I was studying this text and preparing, there are certain places in scripture that just grab my heart. And this is one of them. Deuteronomy 30.19, if you want to take notes on the side of maybe your, uh, your, your note uh, there in front of you in the seat back. This is the day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have been set before your life and death, blessing and curses. Here's the key. Now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live. Having life is a choice. I don't wake up and say, oh, I wonder what kind of day it's going to be. I feel a little depressed, so nothing's going to happen today. But I choose to step in to whatever God you have for me. And that becomes exciting because sometimes I don't know what's going to happen next. Right, let's look at the next one. Joshua, love this one. Jo Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose. Whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This family, we serve the Lord. We do, and we like it, and we're part of a church community, and we are all in because we believe that's where God's blessings come. My wife used to always say before we were packing the kids up to go to church when they were little, little, who are you bringing next week, and be a blessing. My wife could say those things, right, because that's what moms do. 
And I'm just so grateful that some of those things, they take root as parents. They take root in our little ones like that. But most importantly, they need to see faith in my mom and dad. Right? Okay, let's go to 1 Kings if you're taking notes. 1 Kings, these are just reference points, really important to look at choosing, the importance of choosing and making decisions. 1 Kings 18.21, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver? How long are you going to be milk toast? How long are you going to ride the fence, dude? Between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Saddest verse in all the Bible. But the people said nothing. Oh, this, is, this is the best one. I love this one. Moses. You've seen Charlton Heston, right? Standing before the Red Sea. Then he took the book of the covenant, read it to the people. This is Exodus 24, 7. He read the word to the people of God. And they responded, we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey. That's faith. We have made a decision. Do you see the pattern? We have made a decision. We will serve the Lord. We will love the Lord. We will, we will, we will be all in with you, God. Whatever you want to do, God, we are in. So let's talk about verses 23 to 28 and how powerful your choices are. Moses, when he was a bitty little bitty, bitty baby, was sent into the Nile River. He was born in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. Pharaoh, who was the king of Egypt, set an edict. Every male two years and younger will die. And the reason that he did that in Israel, because he was afraid of the Israelites taking over the world. He wanted world domination. The Pharaoh had everything he thought so in his pocket and in his right and left hand. And he thought the only way to keep my power is we have to do away with anyone that would so-called step in and take away my throne. So parents of Moses, Amron and Jochebed, decided that they would, decided, they chose. I I, I have to be honest with you, I cannot imagine this. That they were going to send their son down the river in a small basket, wrapped up in a Hebrew cloth. I, 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 I wish I could stand before you and say, well, certainly that was easy to do. No, it was not easy to do. But here's, here's what we have to know from the scripture, is that when we obey what God is telling us to do, God will make a way. He will. And that's why as soon as they, can you see the Nile River with the brush on the side? And all of a sudden, the little basket goes down the way. And hundreds of yards down the way, there is now, as God would have it, his providence. Pharaoh's daughter is in the river with some other women as they're washing their cloths. And, and they see this little basket come up upon them. And her heart is drawn. Now, what's amazing about this is that God sent Miriam along the way off to the right side of the Nile, she notices Pharaoh's daughter who now is holding little Moses in the basket and she says, do you need a nursemaid? I'm here to serve. Isn't that just like God? See, God's gonna take care of it when we step out in faith when it doesn't make sense. When it's hard for you, when it's hard for me, God meets us at that point and he says, watch me. I'll take care of this. You just trust me. 
I am stretching your faith. I am bringing that opposition. I have brought someone into your life that is in absolute opposition against you and the things that I'm doing to teach you, to stretch you. You will, you must have faith in me. You must believe in me and you must step out and trust me. And Moses' parents were a wonderful example. Can I just say as, 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 as just a free side note here in the message? That Moses grew up in a faith-filled home. His parents loved the Lord. His parents loved the word. They loved God so they could trust God. See, faith isn't really that hard to step out and do what God's telling us to do if we have relationship with God. If we don't have relationship with God, then stepping out and doing what he told us to do, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But if you trust and love God and you know that he loved you and you are secured in that, not that life is always perfect, but you are secure, oh Lord, whatever you want me to do, we'll just do it. We trust you. So we send the basket down and I love how God brings everything together. He's got everything in his hand. Faith, uh, number one, point number one in your notes is faith means choosing God's plan. Choosing God's plan. I, I, I'm, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've received him in my heart. I'm gonna get baptized. I'm gonna do it. Last Sunday of every month, we get baptized. We have baptism for anybody who wants to get baptized here. What does that mean? It means I'm going down into the water. I'm trusting him. I am surrendering my whole life. As Jesus died on the cross and they put his body in the tomb, I'm willing to die to myself now. I don't live, but Christ lives in me. And I come up out of the water. It's just a symbol of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ that is now in you. I am stepping out in faith and trusting him that he's going to bring transformation in my life, right? You wanna go deeper? Should we go deeper down into the water? Anybody here struggle with resentment? Okay, one of you and me. It could be that the Holy Spirit is gnawing at you with the word. Not with guilt, not with, with ex, uh, external motivation, but just with the word of trusting when God says, humble yourself and I will lift you up in due time. Somebody wronged you? Somebody done something terrible to you? Somebody doing something terrible to you now? Somebody did something in the past? It could be that God is wanting you to make amends. Yes, setting the boundaries. Some people are just toxic people. And so therefore we set healthy boundaries, but we're going to pray and love and do whatever we can do to reconcile. I don't know where this lands. I just, I just believe where God says to do it, we do it and we trust him. And so that is where Moses' parents were. Faith means choosing God's plan. Choosing his plan. So they believed God not only for themselves, but they believed for their children in spite of what was happening in the culture. Have you guys noticed that it just seems like it's more intense? Our culture is so anti God, anti-church. I mean, before it was like tolerant. Now it's like anti. We're gonna take you down. And we will do it so subtly, the church won't even know what's happening. Have you noticed? And the media certainly doesn't help anything. I mean, issues right now going on in our, our, our society. Some of the things I was listening to this week about the, the abortion law, that, that we are talking about this like we're talking about drinking soda. We're, we're just talking about this like it's no big deal when life is so precious to God. And I certainly don't say that without understanding what the Bible says, that if there's any woman or man here that has 
made that decision that God offers forgiveness and wholeness and healing to that. But I just wanna say it is time for us as church to, to rise up and speak up about this and live the life of Jesus Christ so that people can see this is serious stuff. We're talking about lives here, millions of lives. I know it's uncomfortable. I know we don't live, we don't get up in the morning, can't wait to be rejected today. Can't wait to get opposition today. I know that's not human nature. But I have found in my own life, and please know I am a fellow struggler with you in this. There are sometimes I feel really bold and there's sometimes I retract and I just feel really bad about that. But I do know this, God is faithful. God is always faithful. So Moses had parents who modeled that and poured into this little child named Moses. I don't know what to do about this culture other than just continue to do, I guess, what Jesus just told us to do. What are we gonna do? What's the battle plan? How are we gonna do this? Organize this? How are we gonna relate to culture? I just found that Jesus did a lot of praying and Jesus did a lot of loving. And Jesus also stood for right and for wrong. He looked into the pharisaical eyes, those religious people that thought they were better than everybody else and judging everybody else and living hypocritically. And he looked them square in the eye and says, you need to repent, Luke 13, three. Unless you repent, he said, you will not see the kingdom of God. Don't be thinking because you, you, you wear your big Bible walking in and you have all the robes on and you know all of scripture. Don't be thinking you're going to heaven. It's a change of the heart. You have to humble yourself. And faith is evidence that God has changed us. I, I found this on The Guardian uh, magazine. It was an article about our, 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 our society now in the me-ism culture. Have you heard of that? It's a new term. They're always coming up with new terms. It's hard to keep them on, you know, on top of that, but this is the me-ism. From attention-seeking celebrities to digital overshadowing of the boom of all-about-me culture, narcissistic behavior is all around us. How worried should we be about our growing self-obsession? They unconsciously deny an unstated, intolerably poor self-image through the inflation. They turn to themselves with glittering figures of immense grandeur, surrounded by psychological impeccability of the walls. The goal of this self-deception is to be impervious to greatly feared external criticism and to their own rolling sea of doubts. As a result of them seeing other people like items at a vending machine, using them to service their own needs, never being able to acknowledge that others might be in needs themselves, still less guess what might be. And before I start poking my finger and going, yeah, that's the culture. The culture is all messed up. The culture is just a mess. The culture is so out of whack. The culture is so ungodly. The culture, what's going on in here? No, 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 no. What's going on in here? Jesus says to me, when did I get so judgmental against people that are just lost? Did I forget that sinners are supposed to sin? I used to do that stuff. I still struggle. I still fall back into stuff that I have no business being involved in. But the difference now is I'm trying to sin less because the Holy Spirit power. I guess my point is this, is that if we are going to choose Christ, if we are going to choose, I will not fear culture. I will not fear earthly kings. I will not fear what the government says. I will not fear what the opposers say. I fear God more than I fear anybody else. That's the posture of the church, right? 
by the way, just want to remind us, the church is not a place. The church is us. We are the church. We do what Jesus called us to do. And therefore, there's fulfillment in that. So as Moses is now going back to the scene, down the river, and Pharaoh's daughter takes him to the palace, faith chooses, number two, God's priorities. It's God's priorities now. We just went through a financial series. I hope was helpful help to you. It, it was simply about, man, I just think when, when us as followers of Christ get our financial house in order, the way God said, you know, he's first, save second, and then spend 80% on what, what you know, he's apportioned for us to have, it, it's so much better. And when we decide we're going to get out of debt and live debt free, wow, what a powerful witness. I hope that was helpful for you. Why did I say that? I don't even know why I got on that one. Oh, because God's priorities, Right. It's God's priorities for me financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, everything. Whatever your priority, God, is, that's my priority. That's where Moses was. The three sections of his life. The first 40 years were in Egypt. Things were awesome. He was lined up. Remember, he went to the best schools. He had the best education. He went to the Harvard of Egypt. He was second in line to be the Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh didn't have a son, so Moses was the child that was caught in a basket they brought him home they adopted him he was now going to be the next king can you imagine can you imagine being set up to be the next king of the most powerful nation on the face of the earth so for the next 40 years of his life he makes a decision to identify now with the people of God and leave the riches of this world which I want to get to in just a second. The last 40 years of his life are this incredible experience of leading God's people at age 80 years old. He is now leading the people through the Red Sea. Wow. I want you to notice something in verse 24 through 28. In verse 24, if you have your Bibles, just take another reference there in Hebrews 11. It says, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Why did he refuse to be known as Pharaoh's daughter, or a son of Pharaoh's daughter? Because he chose God over the world. It was more important to him to do what God told me to do rather than what I want to do. I guess that's the place of maturity for us as believers. When I decide, make a choice, I'm making a decision to do what God told me to do regardless of how I feel about it. Don't always follow your heart. You hear that? Follow your heart. My heart can lead me down a wrong path. Sometimes my heart is filled with wrong things. I choose, I have, us as believers, we are choosing to follow the word. That's what Moses did. Verse 25, I want you to notice, choosing to be mistreated with the people of God rather than the pleasures of fleeting sin. He chose to be with the Israelites who were in slavery by the Egyptians, and now he's going through all this mistreatment. Why? Because it was most important for him that he would step out in faith in God's priorities and choose and make the right choice. Verse 26, it says, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. This is not our reward. Let us be reminded of that. As as wonderful as we have it here in South County, this is not our ending place. Heaven is our citizenship. We are citizens of heaven. That is our reward. Christ and being in his midst in eternity forever and sitting at the throne and kneeling before him and singing praises to him. Can you imagine you are going to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever in his presence? And that's, that's the only place I desire to be in eternity. And he provided the way. That's where Moses was. Moses knew. He knew 
because of faith. And he chose. He was looking ahead to his reward. Now, his reward was Canaan. His reward was in the promised land. Although he didn't get to go in there, he did get to go. I believe, of course, he's in heaven with the Lord. He did get to go ultimately to the land of Canaan. Verse 27, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Sorry. Okay, verse 28, last one. By faith, he kept the Passover an application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Here's, I love so much about Moses is that he chose to obey God and tell the people of God, you sacrifice that animal, you put that blood over the doorpost, when the angel of death passes over, you will be saved. Such a wonderful picture of the cross, the blood of Jesus as he died on the cross for you and for me. Is foreshadowing that our salvation, the angel of death one day will pass over. Yes, we have to unfortunately die in this life, but we will be with him for eternity. We will be with God forever. I guess that changes how I live my life here now. Because when I come into a place like this, I'm, I'm looking to worship God. I'm on the edge of my spiritual seat. I, when, when I come in, uh, and, and this is no slam against anybody, when I come in, I certainly don't want to be late. I want to be on time. Who are, We're worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. So I want to drink in every moment. I got to get these worship songs in because how my heart is lifted, God begins to speak to me as I'm worshiping God. You and I were created to worship God. And then I certainly want to be hearing what God says. It's not what Mike says. It's what the word of God says. So I want to posture myself now that I've worshiped him. Now I can hear the word. And by the way, just those that are guests here, so glad that you're here. But it always makes my heart sing when 